everything was cut off at the very few shows. <laughs> I know. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Chef AJ Live. I'm your host, Chef AJ, and this is where I introduce you to amazing people like you who are doing great things in the world that I think you should know about. Before I introduce today's guest, I just want to mention again, and I'm only going to do this like for a little bit because it comes out next week, the new book that I contributed 81 recipes to that Glenn Mercer wrote. It's our third collaboration together. Own Your Health should be out in a few days. So consider getting on my mailing list because people that buy the day we say are going to get a whole bunch of bonuses, like a lot of exclusive recipes that didn't make it in the book. Plus the best part is you'll get the audible copy for free. So I'll post that link below so that you can do that. And now I'd like to introduce today's guest. I met her at a veg fest, I believe in Marshall, Texas, many years ago. And it was a wonderful veg fest. And she at the time had a wonderful magazine. She still does. It's just changed names and it changed forms. At the time it was called Vegan Health and Fitness. And even though I'm really not the fitness, but I was the vegan health and she did a wonderful story about me that it was just beautiful photography. It was a beautiful magazine. She's changed to an online format now and she's changed the name to Kindness Magazine. Please welcome Brenda Carey. It's really great seeing you again. You look amazing. Oh, thank you. So do you. And I seem to remember that I actually met you at your house because I sought you out when I first started the magazine. I had so many people telling me about this amazing chef, Chef AJ, that's changing lives. And I sought you out. And I remember going to your house and you giving us like little to-go containers full of amazing food. And we, cause we had photo shoots all day long and we weren't sure where we would be able to stop to get what we needed. And this was in 2012. And then, yes, LA is a vegan Mecca, but you still took such great care of us. And we were so touched by that. Like, not only is she this amazing chef and she's vegan and changing lives, but she was so kind to us and thinking about our day and everything. So yeah, we, and then we reconnected in Marshall. And um, I believe we featured you in the magazine quite a few times. Yeah, I, I, you know, thank you. I do remember that because I remember I think you were doing a piece on a good friend of mine, Zell Allen, too. And I think you were already in the, va the valley. I love when I when, when, when people remember me in a good way because every now and then I'm, <laughs> I don't have that experience. For the most part, I do try that because I love this whole topic of kindness because I think at the end of the day, it's not what you do or say or even what you stand for. What people really remember about you is how you treated them. Absolutely. And um, yeah, I, I wanted this magazine to be um, expanding the conversation. So we started out with wanting to show everyone that yes, you can go vegan and you will not lose your muscle tone or your performance ability as an athlete and um, that you will be healthier, you will overcome disease, all of those things. But yes, uh, kindness that we have for animals that we have for the planet that we have for ourselves our own bodies that drives us to become vegan um of course applies to all sorts of other things in our lives that i wanted to be able to talk about and so that's why we changed the name to kindness um and really made a big deal out of reassuring everybody we're not going to stop being vegan we're not going to be stop being about health and fitness because that's self-care and that's very important but we want to talk about these other things that are going on in the world especially you know the um black lives matter movement we haven't shied away from controversy which i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing i think we've gotten some um criticism and uh not everybody is always on board for everything that we're doing. But, you know, we've talked about the LGBTQ movement. We've, 
you know, we're talking about um, things that are not always easy to talk about. We have people who say that they actually were cringing in the beginning of the video when they saw what the subject matter was, but then as we got going, they felt a little bit better. So um, it's, it's, a, it's a little bit of a different focus, but it's just broader. Well, it's funny, right before we logged on, I hadn't seen you in years and I said, oh my God, you look so young. And that's what other people are commenting. Am I allowed to say your age? Because they say you should never ask a woman her age. Oh, well, that's old fashioned, isn't it? I think nowadays we like to brag, especially when you're vegan and you want everybody to know this is the secret. I'm 49. Um, as we were just talking, my birthday's June 1st. So um, 49, I guess I'm a half almost. <laughs> so yeah, and um, I, I guess would have to attribute it to the vegan diet because I've been vegan since I was 19. And uh, yes, fitness is important to me, but um, I know a lot of people who are into fitness and uh, that can, it can actually create more inflammation and can kind of wear you down after a while. And I think that being, having the plant-based whole food uh, vegan diet is definitely the key to longevity. Yeah. Well, great. And pink is a very good color on you too. You look about half your age, so you're doing something right. And I agree because I'm 60 and I, I think it does make a difference what you eat, how you look, because I see how everybody else in my family that's still alive and I'm not bragging. They don't look like me. <laughs> they got wrinkles and gray hair and all this kind of stuff. So and I love the idea of a kindness revolution because that's what veganism is. You know, I'm sure you know Jean-Pierre, but he always talks about how it's based on a Ahimsa. And when you eat vegan, when you don't eat animals, that is probably the kindest thing you can do for them. It's the kindest thing you can do for the planet. And it's the kindest thing you can do for your health. Right. I always say it's the ultimate example of good karma. Because if you choose to go vegan, especially if you, I feel like if you're doing it for the reasons of compassion and kindness for others, you know, you, you feel that good karma coming back to you when you feel so energetic and so alive and so clean and fresh this is what everybody says when they go vegan that they feel so much more energy than they ever had before and i i feel like it's more than just physical i feel like there's something emotional and spiritual and energetic happening to you because you're aligning your being with kindness you're living your life now as you were meant to live it and that is being respectful of others and not just living for yourself and taste buds and cheap thrills and the flavor profile. And, you know, if you like good tasting food, you know, as you know, you follow Chef AJ, you will know that there is no shortage of that in the vegan diet. It's that is a definitely a um, misconception that a lot of people have. So that's also been something that we've always um, tried to let everybody know but back on the subject of, um, of aging well, you know, we did an issue, a special called uh, Fit Over 40, and we had an awful lot of articles in there. I know we have a lot of followers who really like the scientific articles um, about specifically how it is that eating whole food, plant-based, especially organic, uh, really does help keep your telomeres intact. So. Um, so, you know, this, there's just there's just no downsides to going vegan, right? It's good for the soul, good for the body. It's, you know, good for the planet, good for the animals. 
And, you know, it's funny because you mentioned karma, that it's a diet of good karma. Victoria Moran actually wrote a book with that title. There are people, and I'm not getting into anybody's religion or spiritual beliefs, but there are people that believe that like this pandemic, that's the bad karma that, that caused by eating animals. I know that I've read things by Hare Krishna saying that when you have heart disease from eating animals, that's the karma because you ate the, you know, you ate the cow. So it's, it's interesting because the way the world is right now, we do need more kindness. That is for sure. Yes, I know Victoria Moran's book, Compassion is the Ultimate Ethic. I found that when I was in college and thought that I was like the only vegan on the planet or something. I didn't even really know the term for it. I just knew I wasn't eating animal products. And I was influenced by Ingrid Newkirk's book to do that. So I knew at least Ingrid Newkirk and I were on the same page, but I really didn't know how many other vegans there were out there. So when I was at a Barnes and Noble and I came across compassion is the ultimate ethic. And I started flipping through it. And I was reading this wonderful woman describing her choices in diet and lifestyle, and how it was so holistic and all encompassing in her life. I was like, wow, this is it. This is my philosophy. And you know, so many great people, um, Martin Luther King Jr., um, Gandhi, um, even John Lennon has said, kindness is my religion. And you know, I was raised Christian and I still follow the teachings of Jesus, which are, you know, love one another, turn the other cheek, all of that sort of thing. And have, you know, subsequently studied some Buddhism, some Hinduism. And, and I agree with you. It is a thread in all of these uh, places, uh, all the places of philosophy and spirituality, that kindness is the ultimate ethic. It's, it's loving kindness. We like to say love, but it gets confused with romance. So I like to say loving kindness is really the ultimate ethic. Absolutely, yeah. So uh, tell us about the magazine. We, is it just, is it free? Do we just go to kindnessmag.com and sign up? Do we see previous issues? How does it work? Well, we still have all of the uh, back issues of Vegan Health and Fitness Magazine, which I hesitate to call them back issues. There's 40 of them, and it's kind of like 40 books about vegan health and fitness, where in each issue we feature different people who were amazing or are amazing athletes. Uh, some of them are famous, some of them are not. Some of them hold world records and uh, have gold uh, medals and that sort of thing. And then some of them are everyday people who are incorporating fitness into their lives and you know maybe lost 100 or 200 pounds or overcame diabetes or heart disease or cancer and all the scientific articles and all of that good stuff. You'll find in all of the issues of Vegan Health and Fitness Magazine that are still available at our website, kindnessmag.com. And um, so the new format, the kindness uh, mag part that we're doing now is we've moved away from print. Um, first, we stopped having the magazines in the grocery stores. And then second, we stopped having them in uh, print and we went all digital in 2019. And that was just because of the way that our subscribership was going. It was um, I, this is the, the new way that people are, are gathering information, which is great that you're doing this show, AJ, because this is how people are learning things these days is turn on the computer, turn on YouTube, turn on FaceTime, Facebook Live, and listen to knowledgeable people, people that you can relate to, people that um, you respect, talking about a subject matter that you're interested in. And that is how uh, people are gathering their information these days. So when we saw that trend happening, um, not just with our subscribers, but we also were seeing that that is the statistics of what's happening 
worldwide now. So we wanted to stay, of course, with the times. And so we gradually moved to digital only in 2019, and we continued to be a written magazine. It looked the same, except for instead of printing it out, you would access it on our app or online. And then we decided in 2020, after coming out with our yoga special, which is up here, we have Sean Corn on the cover, which is an amazing issue, 120 pages, I believe, of pure content, no ads, um, all about uh, vegan yogis who very much value ahimsa, as you were referring to earlier, uh, and how it directed them to uh, have that encompass their entire lifestyles, including veganism. Um, so we went to that print issue, and then we had one more issue after that that we, we uh, actually, this wasn't a, a print issue unless you ordered it on Amazon, let me correct myself. Uh, our subscribers were getting the digital issue still, and this was a special thing that we offered for people to get in print um, through Amazon only. And um, anyway, then our next issue was kindness. So it was like a transitional issue that was still in writing. It explained to everyone why we were changing the name and uh, how we're still maintaining the things that we had in the past. We're just kind of adding to that now. And uh, that we were moving towards uh, podcasts and YouTube videos. And that is how we're doing um, our magazine now is it's a pretty much uh, YouTube show where I interview people. And uh, it's also available by a podcast. But um, I recommend that you watch the video because the, the, there's nothing uh, like seeing some of the graphics that we're putting up there. But like I said, we're covering some controversial topics. We didn't dive into this uh, lightly. We didn't wade into it, I should say, slowly. We went right into it with um, some really hard, difficult subjects. But I, I don't believe that kindness is mousy. I don't believe that kindness is weak. And I don't believe that kindness is something that uh, shirks from standing up for what's right. And so, Kindness is very much, when I say the kindness revolution, is very much related to fighting for justice for all, very much related to fighting for what's right, making uh, the world a better place, a kinder place for all. And so that, yes, includes animals. Yes, it includes respect for the planet. But yes, it includes Black Lives Matter. And yes, it includes LGBTQ rights. And yes, it is, we're going to get into gender issues. And I just uh, released a couple of videos, it's a two-parter, with um, this amazing Native American named Rod Coronado. You should inter interview him. Uh, and he's, uh, he was known for breaking the law. He um, sunk a couple whaling ships when he was working with Sea Shepherd. He you know, released a bunch of wild horses, 200 or so wild horses. He broke into laboratories. Um, he went to prison three times for things that he was doing. Um, now he's in his 50s and he's running an organization called Wolf Patrol. So again, a very controversial guy. We haven't shied away from controversy at all. And so right now, the, everything that we're talking about, I feel like it's so important. And you know, like I say, so controversial that I want it to be free um, just to give everybody kind of a taste of the new stuff that we're bringing in. And then um, slowly but surely, we're going to be bringing in um, more of the stuff that you're used to, the workouts and the diet stuff and the scientific stuff and um, having videos about that kind of stuff. And um, it will be for our subscribers exclusively, at least at first, through the website. So subscribing 
Um, we'll still get you something that you won't get for free, but we don't want our content to be hidden away uh, so that it doesn't get to affect all of the world. So we are releasing quite a bit of it for free right now just to get everything rolling. Great. I just posted a link to your YouTube channel and I did watch the interview you did with Will Tucker and I didn't even recognize him because he had a COVID beard. <laughs> yes. Yeah, a lot of uh, people look really different these days. Is This uh, has been a very trying year for so many of us. Right now, <clears throat> where I'm sitting, I'm looking out my window and it's all smoky and it smells like smoke and it's kind of irritating my throat. And I, I'm in Northern California and there's a big fire burning in Santa Rosa, not too far away. So the air quality where I am right now is dangerously unhealthy. So I have been, my, my partner and I, Brian, we load up our animals in our RV and take little trips and go to get clean air, uh, Lake Tahoe or Mendocino or wherever we, ha we can go. And that's what we've been doing for the past couple months. It's been crazy. So it has been, a hindrance in getting out as much material as we would like to get out because we're quite frankly running from smoke inhalation for the past couple months and at the same time dealing with the COVID stuff and it, it makes it a little bit more challenging to travel of course uh, fortunately having the RV helps a lot but um, I just ask that everybody bear with us as we get through this difficult time and um, there'll be more, a lot more content coming as uh, fire season ends in California. Well, how do you even have time? Because don't you have like a real job? Not that this isn't a real job, but you know what I mean? I, I believe you're an attorney. I'm an immigration attorney and uh, I have limited my practice right now. I have three clients and uh, we're kind of at the end of the process for them and getting their green cards. And uh, so it's not taking too much of my time. And the reason why I've limited that is because I'm also handling my mother's probate. She passed away in March. So like I said, this has been a doozy of a year for me. And so um, my mother's probate has been quite complicated because we did not think she was going to pass away. So nothing was set up as it should have been. And so we're having to subpoena bank records and we have to have ancillary probate in three states. And it's so that's right, that's right there is almost a full-time job just handling my mom's probate. And then on top of that, there's, um, I have a 13-year-old doggy and he is going through, um, I guess what they call old dog syndrome, where uh, at nighttime he just walks around and walks around and walks around. And so I'm helping him out with herbs. I'm really into uh, herbs and they're helping. You know, we're doing chamomile and we're doing um, passion flower and uh, lemon balm. But uh, it, it puts him to sleep for a few hours and then he, he's up walking around again. So um, between the lack of sleep from the doggy, the probate from mommy, the um, smoke that we're running away from here and uh, my immigration clients. Yeah, I've been a little overwhelmed. <laughs> well, you, you're, 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 I'm sorry about that, but you look like you're handling it pretty well. And do you still have time for yoga? Because I know that's a big passion of yours. Yes, I have to do yoga twice a day. That is how I keep my sanity. I highly recommend it to everyone. I have my story of how I knew about yoga and I had done yoga a bit, but it was when I was in law school and I was the first year of law school is notorious for being punishing. And my law school was definitely no exception. I went to UC Berkeley and I was going through a lot of stress and I decided, hey, I'm gonna try this yoga video that's been sitting there forever. And I did it 
And as I was doing the yoga, tears just started flowing as my muscles released all of the tension that I'd been holding for so long. And I realized at that point, this is a special form of exercise. I never had this happen on a treadmill before, you know? And although I've always liked running and swimming and biking and so, you know, so many things, even weightlifting, um, yoga is definitely the one form of exercise that I can say is truly holistic. It truly, um, you know, brings you into a meditative state. It helps you become introspective. It helps you deal with what's going on inside and as well as helping your body on the outside. So it is my lifeline. So I definitely do it every morning and every night. I, I couldn't agree more. And I've tried having some yoga teachers come on and actually do classes and we get like the lowest numbers of views and people don't see the value. You know, they want the, the, the sweaty stuff and the, you know, the burning the calories, but yoga, I think if you're only going to do one thing in your fitness routine, it's probably the most important thing you could do. It's life-saving. I do some every day. I don't have a formal practice right now, but I always make at least a half hour every day, or I would go insane. I think. Absolutely. And no matter what your sport is, you, you're always going to benefit from being more limber. You're always going to benefit from learning how to be more focused mentally. So yoga, it benefits every single sport. I mean, I know so many bodybuilders that get so tight in certain areas that they're very prone to injury. And if they would make it more of a practice to do yoga and at the beginning or the end of their um, weight training session, um, same thing for running. Of course, everybody knows you're supposed to stretch out, but you know, just doing a few runner stretches just it's not going to get it like yoga will you know and it doesn't have to be a 90 minute long practice and it doesn't have to be to where you're putting your leg behind your head lord knows i can't do that i'm thinking i need to do a couple more videos i just did a video on yoga and it was my dog and i out in the middle of a stream and that the whole point of it was i was trying to tell people you don't have to do certain poses. You don't have to necessarily even follow a class, but if you learn a few poses from attending some classes or watching classes on YouTube or whatever, and then you just go out into nature and just do what you're feeling, just move for a few minutes and just be at one with nature in that kind of state and just, you know, be meditative and take it in. And as I was saying, um, my friend Clover Kennedy, uh, a yoga instructor in um, Arizona, she says, bless the trees. You know, so you're out there and you're saying, bless the trees as you're doing your yoga and you're co really connecting with them. I mean, there's nothing like that feeling. You, you can hike through, you know, or you can even sit for a minute and look at it. But, you know, when you sit there and you actually practice yoga out in nature for a few minutes, and, and this video is only like six or seven minutes, seven minutes long, I think. And, you know, it's just to kind of give you an idea. It doesn't have to be a big deal. It doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be anything crazy. But the idea is just that you're moving your body and yes, you are stretching, whatever stretching is to you. If you're not very limber, you know, the slightest little move can be a stretch and that's great. Just start there and just allow your body to open. You know, don't, don't let your muscles keep you closed in. And the same thing will happen with your spirit. You'll find that as you open your chest you're opening your heart you're as you open your hips you're you're opening your entire being you know it's a it's a very um i keep saying holistic is the only word i can think of it it just really affects the whole being yeah and and you know even people that are not like really fit there's always some kind of yoga or pose they can do like restorative for example as long as you can 
get up off the floor, there's always going to be a way to modify yoga to, to do something. I always tell people just even putting your legs up against the wall, like, well, it just calms you down so much. Yes. And that's something else I would really like to do in a video soon is talk about modifying poses because I have had um, friends, for instance, I had a, um, I had a foster child last summer and I sent her to a yoga class with my partner, Brian, and he doesn't have as much experience. Um, like I, I'm certified in teaching several different types of yoga. And I've spent a lot of time in a lot of yoga classes. Most of the yoga he's done has been with me at home. So he went to this beginner's class with her and they were doing a lot of poses that were too hard for her. And they were holding downward dog for 10 breaths and it was really hard on her wrist. And I was saying, well, didn't they show you that you can modify the poses? You can drop to your knees if that's hurting. You can always go into child's pose. And they said, no, this teacher did not say that. And so there's a lot of people I think who get turned off to yoga because they go to a class and it's too hard for them. And the teacher neglects to show them how they can modify the poses. Every pose, no matter how difficult it is, can be done in an easier way. There's, it's not cheating. It feels like cheating. It's, it's, it's maybe that makes it a little bit more fun if you think of it as cheating. But there, there are ways to do every single pose in a way that is easier. Yoga meets you where you are, no matter how stiff and unlimber and unexperienced you are. So yeah, I, I definitely want to do a video soon where I talk about pose modification. So if you're a brand new beginner to yoga and you find yourself trying to follow along with the class that's, you know, these days uh, it's probably gonna be online um, or, you know, maybe out in the park or something like that. And you're trying to follow along and they're doing poses that are too hard for you. And you feel like, gosh, I should just get up and leave. I can't do this. I wanna show you how you can stay and be a part of that class and still get something out of it. Um, even if the teacher has forgotten to show you how to modify those poses. That sounds like a wonderful idea. There's a nice comment from Gwendolyn. Brenda, kindness is deep from within, manifested by outward appearance, and you do it well, long and healthy life. And Linda Middlesworth said she was so honored to be featured in your magazine. Yes, Linda, we need to do a, a video soon, Linda. Um, she is such an amazing woman, 76 years old, I believe. I know she, if I get it wrong, she's going to message right away and, and say, but she is so fit and so beautiful. And of course, intelligent, well-spoken. She arranges a lot of the vegan um, get-togethers that we've had in Sacramento. So I'm really missing seeing her because we haven't been able to have a Sacramento vegan group meetup in a while because of COVID. But um, still think about her all the time and, you know, Okay, I think, gosh, I wonder what Linda's doing right now because I know she's keeping her exercise routine going at home. I know she's eating healthy and uh, she, she inspires me in many ways. That's great. What happened to Austin? He used to travel with you. I believe he was a photographer. He was amazing. I love that guy. Yeah, well, he's still living in Austin, Texas. He's funny because uh, his name is actually John Austin. And he always laughs and says uh, that he has to stay in Austin, Texas until he finds a town called John. Uh, but uh, yeah, he he's uh, quite a staple in the community there and still a vegan, still a bodybuilder. Um, his photography was pretty much a hobby for him until we came along with Vegan Health and Fitness uh, when we were headquartered in Austin, kind of snapped him up and said, hey, you know, you have all of these talents and skills. Um, you can come with me on speaking events and you can talk about your experiences with bodybuilding. He was also doing ultra marathoning. 
and you know you can also take photos and I know he did some amazing photo shoots with you and you, you just look so beautiful so yeah and, and I know you guys hit it off really well but um yeah it's, it's everything that I've seen um he's still doing all the same great stuff well me. hook me hook me up maybe I can have him on the show because I remember I just remember he was again kind but just a fun, really fun nice handsome guy I really really liked him you know you know it's interesting you know of the, all the yoga classes I've taken it's funny because like I don't ask the teacher excuse me are you vegan but always the ones that I resonated with the most that taught the best classes, they were always plant-based. And not everybody starts their yoga practice being plant-based, but it seems like so many people and teachers, once they get that piece, they end up becoming vegan. Yes, unfortunate. And my yoga teacher trainings also, they didn't really connect ahimsa with uh, your full lifestyle, including your diet. Um, they were somehow twisting around the definition of ahimsa, which is doing no harm, which is nonviolence and living your life in that way to just be being kind to yourself and, um, you know, do, do good deeds to others and that sort of thing. But they, and, you know, at the time I was like, wow, this is awesome. This is the, this is in yoga. How exciting. My whole class is going to go vegan with me because here, this is this amazing connection that we have. And, um, and I'm, and then the class in it, and immediately people were like, "Oh no, no, we're we're we don't apply it that far, you know. There's no reason why anybody has to be that extreme." And and I was at the time saying it's really not that extreme or difficult once you start doing it. It's no more extreme than and the other choice that you might make in life, you know, to recycle or to you know try to do anything healthy for yourself or good for yourself or for the planet. There there might be a slight adjustment period, but it's, you know, you can get used to it. It's not that hard that it's, it's certainly not impossible. And if your ethics are really important to you, it's certainly going to be worth it to do it. So anyway, there was this ongoing banter in the class. And the, like, I think that a lot of, I was getting a lot of eye rolls at the time. And, but then, you know, what happens often is that after the fact, people will come to you and say, hey, you know, the things that you were saying um, really made me think. And then, a year later or several months later, um, I decided to give it a try and now I'm vegan. So I think there's a real movement happening now, finally, in the yoga community where the connection between ahimsa and your actual lifestyle and diet, of course, which is the easiest thing, the biggest thing that you do every day that makes a real difference for others, for the planet, um, and uh, for your own health. Um, it's, it's such an, a simple no-brainer uh, choice that really aligns with the principles of yoga of ahimsa. Yep. You know, it's interesting to me, and I'm going to be having Melanie Joy on the show next year, how people can be very kind to animals in one area, but completely, uh, not in other areas. So like I do a lot of work with rescue organizations specifically for domestic animals like dogs and cats and I volunteer with them and you know I've done this for years and what's interesting is they they love the domesticated pets, you know the dogs and the cats and maybe even you know some bunnies and birds here and there. And yet when they have their fundraisers, they serve chicken or, you know, or, or, you know, they'll have, they'll give out coupons for pepperoni pizza. And like, the, you know, they don't make a connection that like there's pigs and chickens. These are, these are sentient beings. And, you know, they say pigs are even smarter than dogs. So they, there, there seems to be a disconnect in, even in kind people. Cause these are not like horrible people. Right. I mean, people, I feel that people that do animal rescue 
that's that's a noble thing. It's very difficult. You know, you see a lot of horrific things, and they're they're placing pets, and and the, you know, they, there's a high degree of burnout. So my I, my heart goes out to them, and I appreciate the work they do. But they don't see like they're being so kind in one area, and then not so much in another area. Right. There's so much hypocritical behavior that goes on uh, regarding kindness, and like you say, I think these are good people. They mean well. Um, but I see it happening. I, I don't want to let the vegans off the hook because, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I see animal rescuers who are not making the connection to veganism. I also see vegans who are not making the connection to oh, anti-racism, anti-sexism, um, you know, rights for all sorts of oppressed people. So uh, that's why I feel like kindness has to be all encompassing. It has to be kindness for all. We can't just say, oh, I love dogs and cats or, oh, I, I love all animals or, or, you know, then there's people who just say, oh, I love children. And my thing is to rescue and help children. Or my thing is to rescue and help people who are of a certain, uh, you know, level that they're being oppressed. Maybe it's for economic reasons or for their the color of their skin or their race or their gender, you know, wh whatever uh, groups that you've chosen to align with, you say, oh, I want to help these people or these animals who are being maligned, you, you are doing yourself a disservice and doing the entire cause a disservice when you just limit it to uh, one group. So I do think that kindness has to be uh, a lifestyle choice. It's not just and I think that we would do away with a lot of the infighting within the vegan groups. And you know, a lot of people complain about that with animal rights groups. It's not just us though, believe me, every single organization out there in the world, environmental groups that I've been a part of, um, women's rights groups, all kinds of groups out there, there's always infighting. And I think that if we could change our focus from being so narrow that we only care about this one little cause or even two causes or three causes and just be broad about it and just say, look, I'm going to try to live my life with kindness, which is why I think meditation or prayer, as you can call it, um, is so important because when you sit down and you're in quiet and solitude and you're aligning your heart and your mind, when you are just deciding in your mind every day, I'm going to choose to live my life with kindness today. Whatever that means, it's just your food choices, it's what your interactions with everybody that you come in contact with, even if you're going to go into a very stressful situation, you know, I'm a lawyer, so you're going to go in and you're going to fight with somebody over a piece of property, or you're going to fight with somebody about, you know, something that, that really means a lot to you emotionally, and if you just go in there and you say, I don't know what the outcome of this is going to be, but I am going to go in as an ambassador of kindness. I am going to go in so that my actions reflect kindness. You can still have your boundaries. You can still stand up for what's right. You absolutely should, actually. If you're truly kind, you would have courage. Courage. If kindness brings courage when it's real kindness, it's not uh, cowardice. Is not shirking away from issues. Real kindness means standing up for what's right. And, you know, so if you, if you learn how to merge kindness with standing up for what's right, and you let that be a part of your life, of everything that you do in your life, um, it, you really avoid a lot of these problems. Yep. Agreed. Lily says, a friend of mine is looking for a good immigration lawyer. Are you accepting any clients? And if, if, the, if so, can they be from another state? 
Oh, well, first of all, no, they wouldn't be able to be from another state. I practice in the um, San Francisco, Sacramento area. And so you do need to have an immigration attorney that's close by because as you go through the process, you're going to have to go to the court or the office, the USCIS office that's nearby you and you want an attorney that can physically go there with you. So um, you want an attorney that's very close by. And second of all, no, I'm not taking any new clients right now because I just have too many other things going on. Thanks so. Great. So Amber says she loves yoga, but she drags her feet to do it. Why? <laughs> Uh, well, we all have that. I, we all have something inside of us where we know this is the right thing to do. This would be really good for me. It can happen when you're choosing your food to eat, especially if you're used to eating junk food. Then when you say, oh, eating a salad would be better for me, but oh, I'd rather have the pizza. You know, um, it's habit. It's, it's habit. And it's, um, you know, we have a lot of misconceptions in our mind about that. What's fun? You know, and I, I, I blame society for this because we have all these images that come across to us, TV and movies and um, where we have this idea that exercise is not fun. It's a horrible, grueling thing that you have to do. Eating healthy is not going to taste good, you know, and all these things are myths. And once you start doing it and you start getting into it, you start realizing that they're not true. So my advice to you is you might have to force yourself a little bit at the beginning but it's totally worth it. I promise you, if you set a timer, if you, you know, uh, afraid that you're going to be distracted, I, that helps me a lot. I just set uh, a timer on my phone and I just say for this 30 minutes or this hour or whatever it is that you can set aside, I'm not going to let myself be distracted by other things that I'm thinking that I need to go do. This is especially hard when you're working out at home. I'm going to say for this, these are my 30 minutes to take time for me to do this thing that I know is good for me. And I'm just going to do this. And there's, don't give yourself any, unless this happens or except for that, no exceptions. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to do this and just make yourself do it and start slowly. Don't expect too much of yourself right away. Don't push yourself to the point to where you're going to be super sore the next day. Start slow, give yourself a few minutes and you know commit to it just do it and once you pull it off you can add to that and i, I also think that that helps build self-esteem i think a lot of people who are saying that they're having problems with self-esteem is because they don't take on doing hard things things that are good for themselves things that are good for others and then witnessing yourself accomplish things that is where you go ah I can do this. I am actually pretty darn cool. Look at me. I'm pulling this off. And then you start having confidence and then you start feeling good about yourself. So if, if you're having trouble getting started on something, you're lacking in confidence in something, I say, you know, force yourself to do it. You got to be your own little drill sergeant sometimes um, just in the beginning. But like I said, don't push yourself too hard. Remember the self-love is important too. And just go into it nice and slow. And little by little, you'll find yourself wanting to do more because it'll make you feel really good. I, I love that idea. Set a timer because every anybody can do something for five minutes. And if five minutes too long, do it for one minute. When I have things like that, I can't exercise, like let's say I have an orthopedic thing and I can't spin, getting back to it after an absence is like the hardest thing. Because when I, it's easier for me to do something every day than to do it once in a while. That's why I take B12 every day, because then I don't have to remember what day to take it. But when I come back after an absence, like let's say I hurt something, it is so hard to start up again. And so I do the same thing. I say, look, I'm only going to get on for five minutes. But once I put everything on and got my shoes on and on, it's like, 
I'm there, you know, I'm already there. So just keep going. Right. So I have to ask you, AJ, tell me during this whole lockdown, um, what are you eating? I know you're, you know, super awesome, healthy. And so when I make my smoothies in the morning and make my salads, I think about people like you and I say, what's she eating today? I bet she's doing something super awesome. That is so funny that you said that because I I don't like what I eat in a day videos, but I think I'm going to do one because weight loss Wednesday, the 200th episode is coming up soon. I kind of eat the same thing every day. And I don't mean exactly the same thing, but I eat starch and vegetables. Most of the calories from starch, the volume from vegetable and fruit. And there's so many endless combinations because I've always been a batch cooker. And I am so blessed that a couple of weeks before the pandemic started, I happened to take a certified emergency response class just to be in my local community, like if there was an emergency. And everything we learn about emergencies and earthquakes, I was then the pandemic hit and it didn't matter that the stores were sold out because we were set because we had learned this already, right? So and also, I love batch cooking. So there's always cooked sweet potatoes, cooked Yukon gold potatoes all kinds of rices. There's always ready starch. So I can just, you know, grab from column A, column B and always make, you know, what do they call them? Buddha bowls or whatever. But my favorite meal, and I'm, and I eat this almost every day, not because I have to, I just love Hannah yams roasted with broccoli. It's my favorite combination. So I eat that most days. And also it, it decreases decision-making because when you eat just more limited variety, you don't have to think about what you're going to make because it's just, and especially if you like it. And, you know, I really challenge people that, that say they need this variety to think about what they ate before they became vegan, because I will bet you, Brenda, that they didn't eat 30 distinct breakfasts and 30 distinct lunches and 30 distinct dinners. Research shows that most people, families have like five to 10 favorites and they recycle them. So that's kind of what I do. I have my favorite recipes and I just repeat them because I love them. And if I feel I need variety, I just change the sauce. And by the way, before being a guest on this show, you're going to get to choose two free flavors of California balsamic vinegar in your choice, which makes everything delicious. Yay. That's awesome. Well, I started doing the oil-free thing uh, like a year ago, almost now. And so I really appreciate that because I know if it's coming from you, it's probably oil-free. Absolutely. Well, Stephanie says, speaking of which, what does Brenda eat in a day? Oh, well, I usually start my day with a smoothie. Um, I pack it with as many greens as possible. Um, Dr. Brooke uh, Goldwyn, Goldwyn, Goldman is a, a good friend of mine. And uh, she has promoted that really strong with her husband, uh, Thomas Tadlock. They've done that. Uh, smoothie shred challenge and that sort of thing. So uh, they've influenced me a lot and I've been doing that for quite a lot of years. So take the blender, pack it full of as many greens as possible, either get um, spinach or those power greens from uh, Costco. And then at the top, put some uh, frozen fruit. So like I've been doing um, mango and uh, we had grapes growing in our backyard and so I picked a whole bunch of them and I put them in the freezer because there were so many of them so I throw some grapes in there and um, you know if I really need a, a boost in the morning I'll throw in a couple dates just to make it extra sweet and yummy and um, so you know that's that smoothie that's you know fruit and greens um, and that's it I don't I don't do supplements and uh, I've been vegan since 1991 I've, I've tried supplements here and there. And I've always found that they upset my stomach or, um, you know, just didn't really do anything for me. So anyway, I've been um, doing it this way with no protein powder, no 
anything like that. Nothing from a laboratory. Everything is from nature uh, for, gosh, I don't know, a long time now, um, probably six or eight years now. And uh, everything's always organic. And then for lunch, I always have a big salad, as big as possible. I have this big wooden bowl I got from Ikea that I try to fill up with, again, uh, greens, as um, romaine lettuce, um, more spinach, or um, I love to use microgreens, lots of sprouts. Uh, I just got a microgreen cilantro for the first time, and that's actually really tasty, because I've always tried to add cilantro and parsley because they're really good at cleansing and uh, detoxing the system. They're really good from the liver. So um, I just throw all kinds of greens in there and some colorful stuff, some bell peppers, uh, yellow, red, and uh, tomatoes. I love the big heirloom tomatoes and um, and I make my own dressing and my own dressing is like cashew, uh, pumpkin seeds, uh, sunflower seeds, and uh, some seaweed. I definitely make sure I get my sea vegetables every day to keep my iodine up. That's really important. That's something that a lot of people don't do that they need to do is make sure you get your sea vegetables every day to keep your iodine up. And um, so I put that in my salad dressing, so I'll make sure that I get it. But then I usually sprinkle some gomasio on top also. And if you don't know what gomasio is, you should definitely get some of that because that is sesame seeds, which are really good for you for um, calcium. They're like the highest uh, food in calcium that there is. And so you're just getting the habit of sprinkling that on top of your food is a good idea. And it also has uh, some sea salt and some seaweed, some um, kelp in it. So you know, any uh, opportunity to sprinkle a little seaweed on top of the food is always a good thing to do. So that, that puts me eating a lot of raw food. And that's a really uh, big thing that I do in the summertime. In the wintertime, I find myself gravitating more towards some oatmeal in the morning. And I put a bunch of fruit in it. But I try to make sure that I get as many greens as possible in my diet. But I do think that it's even more important in the summertime because I find there's something about the heat that brings up the inflammation and greens are what brings down inflammation. So I try to make sure that I have greens in, um, in every meal somehow. So when I have oatmeal, it's a little bit more challenging, but I have tried some new savory oatmeal uh, recipes where you actually put some spinach in the oats and you, know, you can actually make it savory and make it really delicious. Uh, it doesn't always have to be sweet. Um, although I do like my sweets, but I always, you know, try to gravitate towards fruit for my sweets um, and not anything processed. So, but I do, you know, I, I can't say that I'm perfect and that I never eat processed food. So please don't get that idea because I think that if you try to be perfect and you try to never eat processed food ever, 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 um, you'll probably fall off the wagon at some point and have a little binge session. So you're better off letting yourself have a little bit here and there, but just remember that it's a treat and have a small amount of it and make the majority of your diet be whole plant foods. Right. And this is, this is the, the, the million dollar question, because I think people vary in their ability to have just a little bit. So they have to know themselves because for some people they can't have a little bit, but for those who can let them have it. Right. I, I think addiction is a, uh, important thing to talk about with food it's I mean it's prevalent in our society uh, world over um, in, in every everybody's life I mean anybody who says that they've never experienced uh, addiction is really you know not paying attention to what's going on in their own lives there's nobody who has never been in a situation where they're like oh, I really shouldn't have 
another cup of coffee, but boy, I just want to have that feeling of that boost and, you know, just to feel good. And so I can get through this thing that I've got to do that's unpleasant. So we all have this inclination to try to rely on a substance to give us this feeling that we want to have because we're not really seeking the right source of that feeling. And I think, and again, I think this is another thing that yoga and meditation are really great for is trying to get your mind in alignment with thinking about loving yourself and every single choice that you make, every single thing that you put in your mouth, think about, I, lo I might love the taste of this, but does it love me back? Is it going to make me feel better afterwards it, it, in a broad sense, or am I going to get a quick boost a high from it and then feel like crap later, which is what happens with junk food. And so don't delude yourself into only thinking about that quick, cheap high that you're getting from a food. Instead, think about the long term. How are you going to feel several hours from now or tomorrow or next week after you ate that and you ended up putting on some pounds that you didn't need or you've got your um, some inflammation going in your body? So, you know, again, just being mindful, I think, really helps us all keep the, uh, the addiction uh, down as much as we can. Absolutely. And thanks for mentioning Dr. Brooke Golder. She's been requested many times and she is booked for January 15th of next year. And believe it or not, guys, I am booked through March 22nd, which is a year and a day after starting the show. And I'm not booking any more people because I just can't think that far out. And I don't know when the world is going to go up and, you know, when the world is going to go up, open up is what I mean. And who knows? So anybody interested in the show, you can still contact me and I'll put you on the cancellation list and the wait list. And eventually you will come on, even if I'm no longer doing this show live in six months from now. So let's go back to kindness, because I don't know if we're going to be able to make the whole world kind, that would be nice. But how about just vegans, Brenda? Because I noticed there's so much uh, uh, vegans attacking vegans. It's, it's like, I, you know, I was, I was born Jewish and I'm not religious, but there's different types of Judaism, reformed, conservative, orthodox, re there's different factions. And it seems like not that they were fighting with each other, but what they would look at maybe down their nose at each other as maybe being better. And we have all different kinds of vegans. We have animal rights, vegans and raw vegans and, you know, junk food vegans and people that are there for health. And it's like, I feel like Rodney King, why can't we all just get along? And, and I see so much vegan bashing other people. And if we want everybody to be vegan, then when we fight with each other, it just, I think it makes us look really bad. And now there's this very sad thing happening. I think it's on Twitter. I don't do my, I don't go on social media other than to do this show, but some younger vegan doctors basically attacking, you know, the older guys. And it's, it's just so sad. So how can we get vegans to get along? And yes, Linda Middlesworth, Jonathan Balcom is coming on the show, but his book is not coming out for a very long time. So I've talked to him. So thank you, Linda Middlesworth. She my agent. <laughs> uh, well, thank you for asking that question. I think that that's a really important thing for us all to be thinking about is how is this serving us to be fighting with each other and putting each other down? How is this helping the cause? How is this even helping those of us who are working so hard to try to make the world a better place? How is it helping us to not burn out? to not just throw our hands up at some point and just say, this is too hard. You know, that is a, a big part of it is people get really stressed out and they fall off the wagon, they walk away, they get turned off because of how they're being treated. So yes, it is important to treat other people well, even if you think, oh, I'm an animal person and I am in it for helping the animals. 
you are not helping the animals when you are being mean to other people because other people have to decide to go and stay vegan and to become activists and work at getting other people to do this also and feel like that that is a good thing to do that they want to be a part of if this movement is going to grow so if you really care about animals and you really want to see people stop eating animals you have to stop bashing people you have to stop being negative uh, to other people who are trying hard also. There's a, a lot to be said for just developing this skill of communication with people who maybe you have a, a disagreement with, you don't like the way that they're doing something. Learn how to go and speak to people in private and express to them if you need to why you think the thing that they're doing is not quite right, not up to your standards, uh, maybe even harmful. Um, Go ahead and, and have that conversation if you need to, but you don't need to shame people publicly. You don't need to put down their whole organization and everything that they're doing and seek to destroy them. And some of the things that I've seen and experienced, uh, it's, it's really ugly. There's a lot of um, fighting that goes on among organizations because they're fighting over who's gonna get the funding to do things. There are people who are fighting over trying to get the spotlight and you know, really, you know, again, kindness has to be your number one priority above any petty things like, you know, money. I'm sorry, but um, we, I know we live in a very materialistic consumer culture that where money has become worshipped and has become more important than, than anything to most people. But this is something that we have to get away from if we wanna make the world a better place, if we ever think that we're, we hope to achieve any kind of peace on earth, if we ever hope to really win people over to the larger mindset, which yes, includes veganism of kindness, we, ought, we have to get away from thinking that there's anything more important than kindness. Kindness has to be number one. I couldn't agree more. And that's a wonderful note to end on. There's a quote I post, and I'm sure you know it, in a world where you can be anything, be kind. Yeah, Good one. yeah. yeah tell that to, because sometimes the abolitionists, they're not as kind as they could be, at least to the people. It's just easier to be kind to animals, you know, sometimes. Oh, absolutely. I think that our biggest challenge in life is learning to love other people. It's not learning to love animals because they're cute and cuddly and sweet and wonderful is to learning to love other people. So we have to take on that challenge and not shirk away from it, even though it's, it might be uncomfortable. Well, thank you so much for leading the movement in that way with the new magazine, Kindness Magazine, and the YouTube channel and the podcast, all of the same name. So I guys hope you'll check out Brenda's work at kindnessmag.com. And I sure hope you'll come back at 2 p.m. today when we have a special Q&A with over 50 pages of questions with Dr. Alan Goldhammer. And if you're free right now, I'm doing a webinar for the CHIP program and I'll post a link right there. It's at noon. Thank you so much, Brenda. It was great catching up with you. Thanks, AJ. It was wonderful seeing you. Take okay. care.